0: You're listening to SuperPod Recession-Proof Your MSP, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask experts, analysts, and business owners what MSPs need to do now to recession-proof their MSP and keep their foot on the growth pedal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of SuperPod Recession-Proof Your MSP. I'm Radhika Nair, your host and SuperOps.ai's in-house storyteller. This is going to be a very special episode because I have with me Mark Kopman. Mark is uh, the director of Wingman Marketing. He is a serial entrepreneur and author of MSP Secrets Revealed and Helpdesk Habits. He has worked closely with MSPs for many years, especially on making their websites effective. But Mark isn't here to speak about marketing. Mark is here to talk about resilience, the kind that gets built when you look adversity in the eye and live to tell the tale. A close encounter with hairy cell leukemia in 1997 uh, has given Mark a very unique perspective on this and which is why I recently uh, reached out to Mark to speak about this topic about you know how life lessons on resilience um, uh, you know from Mark's perspective and I also was hoping that he would be able to draw some parallels between that and um, how uh, personal resilience how uh, uh, has an impact on business as well. And considering the economy uh, that we are in, and even though MSPs are not really affected by the recession directly, we do see the pain around us. And um, in recent months, like I was telling Mark a little earlier, we have been talking, uh, we have been hearing a lot about uh, mental health uh, issues and crisis. A lot of MSPs have reached out to us, business owners have reached out to us and we've spoken about how uh, you know the that that uh, the fact that being a business owner can feel really lonely and there is there is a lot of pressure about on on msps and uh, which is why this conversation i felt was really important and i'm really grateful that mark agreed to have this conversation because it's something that's really personal and uh, and and he has been very kind and agreed to speak about this so Thank you so much, Mark, for joining, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation.
1: Thanks, Radika. By the way, I think your uh, job title is awesome. By the way, is that chief storyteller? I love that. I might steal yeah, that. Yeah, one of the
0: one of the uh, good things about having uh, the opportunity to give myself that designation, so
1: <laughs> I took
0: I took uh, full advantage of it.
1: And your your journalistic skills uh, uncovered my story. It was a story I actually I wrote that blog post. Um, uh, pretty much around my 40th birthday, and I'm now only like, yeah, maybe 41. Actually, I'm not. I'm I'm 51, for goodness sakes. it was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> no, I was very, very inspired after reading what uh, you had written, and I was hoping that you would give us maybe a snapshot for the listeners who don't know uh, about your story, a little bit about, um, you know, what exactly happened.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, it was... Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I was only twenty-seven, so it was—I uh, didn't have any of the grey hair that I've got now. And uh, um, my then girlfriend, uh, now wife, uh, we moved to Sydney. Uh, for we both got some comments out there. Uh, we were very, very excited about it. And um, uh, I, I, I would keep it very, very short. But uh, I woke up one morning with with a pain in my buttock uh, of all places. And well, this is very strange. So you know, being a bloke, you kind of dismiss it at first and then it, it didn't get any better. So eventually I had to go and like register with a doctor. I hadn't even done that because again, I was a bloke. I am a bloke. We, we're very bad at these sorts of things.
0: Yeah, and in our twenties, we don't think about uh, ill health at all. It, right? Well,
1: exactly, exactly that. And, um, uh, you know, she prodded and, and poked me around a little bit and said, you know what, we're just going to take a blood test just to be on the safe side. And um she gave me some some tablets to reduce the the swelling and stuff and uh i went back uh it was, i think it was either 24 or 48 hours later and i said oh great you know the tablets are working really well thanks very much you know i'm out of here and she said mark you need to sit down and um she told me that my my blood counts um particularly my white blood cells were 10% of the level that they should have been and and literally that moment, you know, my, my life changed, uh, yeah. kind of flashed before me uh in, in that moment. Because as you just said, you know, you're invincible at the age of 27. You know, we would just moved, we'd only been in Sydney for about uh what, three or four months. And um uh you know, to say it was a shock was was an understatement. Um so they they called my um my girlfriend, my I say now wife, they called Suzanne and uh they drove her from her office down to to the surgery. And I was with a, a specialist within about three hours and I had every test under the sun and at the end of that day, um, I guess probably the most sobering moment was that I, I asked the doctor, the specialist, a uh, uh, consultant across the desk, I said, am I going to die? And he said, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, so it was, it was a day you never forget in a hurry. It was a period of time you don't forget in a hurry and um, just to pass forward, uh, the uh, they they took out my spleen hey we don't need spleens these days you know we can function without spleens and they did that because it was massively infected it was about three times the size it should have been and you'd think you'd spot that wouldn't you really but I didn't yeah. and um, they managed to narrow it down to three things uh, uh, and uh, two of them uh, weren't great and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation now uh, but the third one uh, was the good one um, mm-hmm. and I actually found out uh, the day that Princess Diana uh, was killed in that car crash, it was that day uh, the doctors came in and everyone was literally the happiest ever because the, after they told me I had this thing called hairy cell leukemia. Not many mm. people celebrate when they're told they have leukemia, uh, but it's a very, very rare type, which affects people in their sort of 50s and 60s. So who knows why I I managed to contract it, but... Uh, Yeah. Fast forward. uh, I'm here to tell the story, which uh, means it ended well.
0: Yeah, I know. And I'm very glad it did. But I also, you know, and I have uh, seen you talk and I've seen that you're a really positive, happy person. I see that you have an interest in fitness. So there's a lot about you, right? It's not just, and all of us, we are not uh, unidimensional, one-dimensional people. So, and I've seen that, you know, when I look at you right now, Uh, and uh, what I know of you for the past uh, some time, I know that, you know, you're a very positive person. You're not a person who seemed to have been bogged down by adversity, right? And that's something that a lot of us would uh, love to understand. How how did you uh, manage to always stay positive, right? And and you mentioned about that initial shock that you had when you dealt with that Uh, diagnosis and also I'm sure the entire process of treatment and all of that is not it wouldn't have been easy or pain-free at all right so and and I'm also trying to draw parallels to you know in your case it was in health it was a health diagnosis but you know it can be a really huge setback in business it can be some other setback in life it's about the ability to deal with that challenge at that moment, right? And um, and we are not really thinking of long term in that instance. So I wanted to understand what is it in hindsight. What did you do right in that in that moment of uh, shock? And even after that, what were the things that you say you know you did right? And maybe what would you have done differently? And I'm not just talking about it from a you know treatment or a health point of view alone.
1: Yeah, no, I understand and. Um you uh the the overwhelming feelings uh, when you're when you're when I was given that news uh was you know why me I think okay. uh you know it's not fair you know you walk out of that surgery and you look around everyone else carrying on with the day you know doing the things that they do and you know your life's just changed and it's like uh and and it, for all you know it might have been ending and um so uh it, it you, you have that moment oh, I had that moment first of all uh the, the why me and and then, very quickly, uh, I think uh, I was looking for solutions. Uh, I, you know, you you have to wait. You know, I had a couple of weeks of not knowing at all. Uh, I drove a lot. Uh, I sat and looked at views and uh, sort of reflected a little bit, I suppose. Uh, but I, I wanted, uh, I wanted an answer, uh, I, I, and so therefore, I could then start to deal with the practical process of of trying to fix it mm. and. Uh, so that that's what that was my focus, I think, at the time. And uh, when when it got narrowed down to those three things, and they then had to go the the next steps to to try and make this final diagnosis. Once it was finally diagnosed, it's like right, okay, you guys are all happy. Tell me what, what's what got to happen next, you know. And so then the, the, the chemotherapy and, and and all the different treatment and the rest of it. And, it, I mean, it actually came back three times. Um, but I, I've, I've been in in remission uh, now for uh, 19 years. I still go for checkups, but it's been 19 years because uh, I went through a, a, a trial of, of treatment when I got back to the UK. And the second time it came back, we managed to get rid of it pretty much what it looks like forever, which which is amazing. Right. So, so I was very much focused on... Uh, the, the, the practical outcome how could I deal with this make it right you know throw whatever you've got to do at me I I don't care but I'm now on a path to resolving this and I think when I reflected when I when I got given that news and if I I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be you know making it uh, yeah. I and I and I sat and I looked at views and uh, and drove I I I was I, I took great solace in knowing that I'd lived my life to the full. Look, there we were in Sydney on a, on a succumbent for goodness sake. And that was, that was a pretty good thing. Um, And I'd, I'd absolutely live my life to the max. So I had, I had a, on, on one hand, it was a lovely feeling that I had no regrets. It was not like, Oh, you know, I wasn't sort of saving it all up to when I was 65 or something, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm already doing this. So uh, that, that was a good feeling. And I think, so beyond that, how do I stay how How do I stay positive? I have a little thing. It used to be on my. I think it was on my my Skype profile. If you can remember, back to Skype. Uh, well, I just you know, it's not a rehearsal. And I think I wrote that wow. on the on the on the blog post. And you know, I'm yes. a massive believer in that. It's not a rehearsal. And there are too many people I see, not necessarily around me, but I you know, you, you see out there, you see in the news, and and you just think, you know, why Why would you behave like that? Why would you do that? You know, what were you
0: thinking right chance when you look at the
1: news you, yeah yeah you get you get one chance and so uh you know I I max out my life sometimes too much as we all do um and and I think that's that's what what keeps me positive you know and and I think I think one of the other things is surrounding yourself as well you know I'm this is not new news to anybody but surrounding yourself with positive people is such uh such an important thing because you know you're the sum of the people around you effectively you know they, I know there's stats out there about you know relative wealth and and, and so on you know you you, you you tend to mingle and mix with the uh, people of the same kind of uh salary and wealth as you but and that that's fine you know you put that aside but for me what's more important is is that uh surrounding yourself with the right sort of people and I'll extend that further actually and this is something we talked about in Wingman even over the last two or three or four weeks, part of our qualification of of, uh, of, of working with a new client is, are we going to get on? Mm. Are they positive? Mm. Uh, do they have the right sort of approach and attitude? And, you know, we, we've we started, and it, it, I don't want this to, to come across as, as arrogant in any way, shape, or form, but we've started to push back a little bit on, on people. If we think the fit isn't right, the personality isn't right, and and that positivity isn't there because it just won't work in the longer term so mm. there's a there's a very long answer to your very simple question
0: no, but but that's life right everything is not so simple but but uh, you know what stood out for me was what you were mentioning about being solution oriented right when when a lot of things are going wrong it's better to look at okay practical approach and also that choosing positivity right that's something that I think a lot of us uh, don't realize that it's a choice that you can also make, um, you know, a lot of other things, uh, not, uh, you know, not worrying about a lot of other things, but yeah, the choosing positivity part of it. I, but also I wanted to understand, you know, there, there would have been the low days, there would have been the days of emotional turmoil. Um. So what? what did you do when that happened? With, I'm sure there was grief as well, right? Like you said, it was... Like it, it you have that feeling of its being it's unfair so yeah. how, how do you deal with that grief as well because and that's true of, you know and we all think of grief as something that's associated with death of a loved one or something like that but but you know when when something that you've planned for doesn't happen when you have planned for a specific outcome in your business, it could be at a different level obviously but yeah that that's also you are grieving for something that you have lost out on right so how how do you ensure that it's a healthy process?
1: Uh, I, th- I think when you're you're, you're going through it, uh, you you perhaps don't know necessarily. Sometimes looking back on it, you you perhaps work out if you did the right things or the wrong things. Is at the time certainly initially, you know, what is it? The seven stages of grief? I forget now. There, I know there's multiple, however many stages, and it's a good, it's a good point. I've never considered it as as grief, um, but I, I I guess it was. So yeah, you you get that that moment of the of the, the why me? I guess, and and that could apply in a business sense as well if something really terrible has happened to your business for for whatever reason perhaps through through no fault of your own hey i mean ransomware you know for example i i've heard stories from from uh, doing the, the the speeches i do around the world from particularly in, in the uh, in, in north america mm-hmm. where where people uh, you know grown men grown women who who've built up a business for 20 30 years have, phys- have walked into a uh, to an msp's uh, physical office you know in tears Mm -hmm. uh, because they they've been hit by ransomware and they assume that their business is over and yeah you know everything they've done in their life is is suddenly for nothing so yeah that that's a a similar sort of thing isn't it so how how do you deal with it I I guess that I was focusing on the practical once you've got through that initial emotional turmoil and then you know you sort of look around the 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 people around you and one of the one I remember one of the thoughts I had the the most terrible thing for me was uh, I'd, I'd only been with Suzanne for uh, what, uh, well, I guess four or five years by that point, uh, we weren't married. Uh, and the thought of not being with her was the overwhelming feeling of, of that's the thing I couldn't handle. The thought of not mm. being able to be with her because I was no longer here was, was horrific to me. And so I, that's one thing. It's very hard to deal with that. And the only way to deal with it for me is to focus on the positive and to focus on the the practical nature of what I would have to go through from a treatment point of view once it was fully diagnosed. So I think sometimes, you know, when I look back, you know, you just have to accept that you're not going to feel great mm. and to slowly but surely start to work out the process of moving forwards, clinging on to those little threads of help, uh, a hope, sorry, uh, threads of hope uh, and focusing on the, uh, it might be a smaller percentage, but if that small percentage is going to get you through it, uh, whatever it is, and you've got to focus on it. Cause it's too easy to focus on the bad stuff. And you know, there's an 80% chance this won't work. Mm. Uh, focus on the 20%, because that gives you hope. Um, yeah. and I and I think that's what I've perhaps always tried to do in my life.
0: Yeah, holding on to hope, right? Yeah. That that's that's yeah. uh, that's a very important point. And I also wanted to uh I was curious to understand, you know, this experience and you had it quite early in life, right? Like in your 20s, it's quite a uh yeah in a way you're still it's it's still formative years it might i you know in our 20s we felt like you know now we are adults and we know everything but now when we look back like oh we were babies at that time so but but how did it affect uh, you know your life after that your work especially because you know i i i from from the conversations that i uh, hear about you and you know the uh, the stage presence that you have again like i can almost now you know make sense from uh having read that blog post of yours, okay. I can connect the dots, but I wanted to understand how how has that had an impact? This experience had an impact on work.
1: That's and that's sweet of you to say. Thank you. Uh I, I really appreciate that. The um I I I'd, I'd like to think uh from a from a work perspective, uh it's it's just it's just helped to it, that, it's not a rehearsal thing, it's helped to drive me forwards. Uh yeah. and uh, to forge my own path. I've, I've always liked to do that. You know, I built Customer Thermometer, uh, the Help Desk Habits thing now with Wingman. And, you know, Wingman will be my last thing, I think, you know, I did this sort of serial moving. But I uh, I'm, I, I guess and I'd never really reflected on this before. When I I decided, you know, after eight years of, of building Customer Thermometer, you know, an amazing business, which is still an amazing business today, I was with an MSP Earlier this week, and it, they rely on it to run their business. And I've not been part of it for five years, but it still means the world to me that you know we yeah. built it. But I, uh I, the last two or three months of my time there, I was, I was, I asked a very simple question: Am I jumping out of bed every morning to go and enjoy what I'm about to do? And slowly but surely, I wasn't. Uh, I felt I'd kind of given everything I'd, I had. Um, and it, it was time to perhaps hand over the reins and 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 move out of the way a little bit for my business part of the time, Lindsay Willett. Uh, and I'm, you know, and so we we just talked about it and we figured it all out. And yeah, you know, there was no animosity because life's too short for animosity. Yes. And uh, you know, we worked out a solution, and I managed to exit that business, and and that that was brilliant. And she managed to move it forward as well, and we're still very very good friends. So so I think that experience has perhaps helped me to realize. Not not just to keep going when you're you realise it's just not for you, because because life is short and so I think if you are in a in a role in a, in a job, you know not not just you know, one day or one week but you know for for a, a sustained period of time you know two three four months whatever you think this isn't for me anymore, do something about it. You know oh, yeah. everybody can everyone has that option. Don't don't suffer. Uh, don't don't just carry on down a path because that's the path you're on. Things change, you know, so I think my that experience early in my career has probably helped me to realize when things aren't brilliant. Let's make a move. Let's make a change. So I'm not afraid of change. Ridic- I, I love change. Mm. A mm. lot of people don't like change, but I love change um, uh, in, in all different walks of life. And um, and so, you know, joining forces with with Dave Sutton and, and Wingman uh, has, has been a brilliant change for me we were already saying should have done it two years ago but hey you know that's 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 what it is so so yeah so that from a business point of view from a health point of view I still have a scar here um and mm. you know I'm I, I try really hard to get better at this but when you are when you've be- basically never ever been to a doctor and the first time you mm. go to a doctor they tell you you might die it's mm. it's quite sobering and so even today you know if I you know feel a lump or a bump or I cough or a sneeze I'm like whoa what's that you know, and and I do get a lot more anxious about going to see a doctor because I just automatically assume when I go there, they're just going to say, Mark, that's it. It's all over, as opposed to yeah. giving me some pills and, and I walk out there. So so that's a scar, which I'm sure many, many people listening to this who who've been through some difficult health issues will have that. But you can overcome that. Uh you can try and be positive about it. Um, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, that that's
0: there's that typical hospital smell, right? that smell of you know the sterilized I don't know what is it it could be something that they used to sterilize their whatever that smell that hits you and it's like oh no why am I here yeah
1: no I completely
0: (laughs) understand and you know I wanted to also understand you know what what are your thoughts about you know we've been talking about resilience and all of that but when when you put on your hat as an entrepreneur because that's something that you have been as well and now, with this experience as well, what what does resilience mean? What does it mean to you? And when you're looking at um, you know MSP businesses now that uh, you work with them quite regularly, uh, so I wanted to understand you know what what do you think can MSPs do to ensure that their business is resilient as well, right? So what what would your what would you suggest? So I wanted to understand what do you think? What is resilience for you? And what can msps do to do to build that you know muscle that resilience muscle within their business
1: so i i'm not um qualified to talk about the sort of physical aspects of resilience so you know around like the security side of things there's there's thousands of people out there way more qualified than me to talk about that so i'll put that aside but obviously that stuff is a given to put yourself in the best possible place uh for, from that perspective but i think um uh, much of this this resilience that you talk about it, is up here in the mind. I'm pointing to mm. my head, but I know people can't see me right now, but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's that um, uh, tenacity. Uh, it's the, um, uh, the 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 will to d- deliver to to clients to make things right, whatever the situation. And, you know I'll, I'll bring out we we mentioned this before we started recording but we, I'll bring in this this concept which I was introduced to um I guess probably 10 plus years ago, which I think probably everybody's experienced but maybe not everybody is is aware of, of it and and that's it's a thing called the service recovery paradox mm. um and it, it simply states this if you uh, over time if you if you work with a with a client or the customer, now, their, their loyalty kind of you know peaks uh, eventually it just sort of drifts along and it's and it's all fine, but we all work in IT and guess what in IT things occasionally go wrong and sometimes they go really wrong, and um, at, at that point that that loyalty I I, I have a graph around this uh, there's a, that loyalty takes a massive dip it's like you know, the trough of despair as I like to call it, mm. but if you face up to that issue if you communicate well, if you deal with things well, then over time, if you extend that graph on the x-axis, if you can imagine it in your mind, that loyalty actually uh, is greater than where, if that incident, that problem hadn't happened in the first place. Because of human nature, because people just have this gratitude uh, when you when you solve problems for them. Now, sometimes you as the MSP may have caused that problem. I'm sure that's not normally the case, but you know, you know, stuff does go wrong. Yeah. But actually, uh, you know, people accept stuff goes wrong. Reasonable people accept stuff goes wrong, and if you do go that extra mile to to fix it, uh, then it makes such a difference, and that relationship will will just you know improve and extend. But that is where you need that resilience, Rudika. You know, if you if you don't if you don't have it, if you don't have that that kind of bravery, that that um, uh, that ability to face up to the issue, be honest, be transparent with your own client, as opposed to trying to cover stuff over and not communicate and hope they don't notice, mm. then uh, that for me uh, is is resilience, and it shows uh, that that your you know your mindset is right. And I I think it's something to talk to all members of staff. You know, particularly I, I do a lot of work with with service test teams, and you know, particularly younger folks coming through. I've seen people with their head in their hands before, and something goes wrong. But if you talk to them about it in the right way, in a week's time, it's all forgotten. But it won't be forgotten if you don't deal with it correctly uh, at at the start.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Putting the head in the sand approach is not going to work. You have to face it head on. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I also wanted to understand, uh, you know, just extending this a little further, it's also about uh, being prepared, right? Like, that's one of the lessons that uh, that we learn from facing difficult issues. That we know that this will come. Something will come. It will not be. It might not be the same issue again, but it might adversity or difficult situations are always round the corner. That's something that I think uh, sometimes too much of this worry is also not good. So I'm not saying that, but being yes. prepared for it. Right. That that was something also I wanted uh, you to speak about a little.
1: Yeah, and I, I have um, I have a sort of a, a question I I ask myself and and the team on a on a fairly regular basis. In fact, I'm I'm absolutely asking this right now. It's a very relevant question, and that is, uh, why wouldn't this work? What or why would this fail? Okay, which sounds a bit negative, doesn't it? So you know, as, as we, I'm, I'm six seven months into uh, my my time at, at Wingman, and and the business has grown significantly and you know hopefully I've had a a part to play in that and uh you know I'm 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 nervous because when (laughs) in a fast growth business guess what you know wheels can fall off things can go wrong and my single biggest fear is letting people down you know letting clients down letting the team down uh, I, I I can't handle that now maybe that's a scar from from what happened to me I I don't mm. know uh hey my parents divorced and split maybe it's something to do with that who knows let's not go into that <laughs> but um I think if if you can not be negative about it but ask yourself the question why won't this work what could go wrong once in a while and you face up to it it's part of that resilience thing I guess then uh, and you do everything in your power to mitigate those potential issues from occurring, then should something actually go wrong in the future? You say, well, look, we at least did everything we could. And the chances are, if it does go wrong, it won't be as bad as if you hadn't prepared for it in the first place. So, you know, as you spotted, I am a very, very positive outlook person. I see the best in people all the time. Uh, and and uh, But at the same time, I think having one eye on what might happen, what could happen, it's it's just sensible business, isn't it? Really, and and I guess in your personal life it applies to that as as well. Uh, I'm I'm sure, uh, but yes, thinking about the future and 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 trying to mitigate those things is, is certainly important. Of course, it
0: is. and, and that's what the uh, management professionals call risk management and all of that, right? That yeah. that is being prepared for what could be, yeah. and also one of a very important thing that goes back to what I mentioned earlier about you know the entire. Uh, conversation about around mental health that's happening within the MSP community. Yeah. One of the things that a lot of uh, uh, you know people do, don't do and a lot of entrepreneurs especially and I used to cover uh, in, when I was a journalist I used to write about startups and founders so I've seen this as well that a lot of people don't reach out to f- reach out for help and that's something that uh, you know people think that okay if I have to be strong I have to do this myself which is not really the case right you can lean on a community of people. it could be your family, it could be your friends, it could be your employees, it could be your uh, you know business partner who but there is or it could be a mentor, but there is a you can and should reach out for support when required.
1: I am um, I've been lucky enough to be part of two or three different uh, industries in my career and I have never experienced anything like what we have in this amazing IT industry. The, the peer groups, the communities, the events, the conferences um, is is nothing short of extraordinary. And we are actually we only we only started to talk about this literally this week. We're starting to notice correlation between those who share and are part of mm-hmm. these peer groups and, and are out there in the industry. Those, those business, those MSP business owners, a correlation with people who are really open to um so the the work that we do the the marketing work and and having that right attitude to it versus people who who actively say oh well, I'm not be part of that you know I'm not going to be part of that you know I know best type approach have a very different attitude to the the sort of the sales and marketing and and, and interacting with with an agency perhaps like us and mm-hmm. I'd never really thought about it before but to come back to your point the uh, the uh, that 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 community that that collaboration people in the same town who are potentially competitors helping each other out is incredible uh and I when I put together MSP secrets uh episode one and episode two will be out in the autumn it, I, if it kills me and it might do uh, uh there are half a dozen uh, um personal stories uh in the final um section where people kind of you know just lay open and lay lay all bare and, and and explain what they've been through in terms of growing a business and and taking that leap from perhaps uh full-time employment uh you know the the stress it puts on family uh and as well as you as a as a business owner as well so look this stuff is not easy if it was easy everyone would do it and yeah. you 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 have to accept i think when you when you go into a uh, choose an entrepreneurial career; that there are going to be bad moments. It's part of the deal. Uh, but at the flip side, there are going to be good moments as well. And you, you know, you're never going to come home every day and your partner asks you, you know, how was your day? And you just go, yeah, it was fine. It's never going to happen on a consistent basis. The day's either going to be brilliant, or it's going to be terrible, or going to have some okay days as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think uh, sharing. Uh, reading what others have to say, uh, talking to others. Of course, it, it's a no-brainer. And when you do that, you start to realize other people are going through the same sort of thing, and that immediately makes stuff easier. It's like, oh, it's not just me. Mm. Uh, that is that is so, so powerful. It really is.
0: Yeah, that I'm not alone in this, right? And and I completely agree with what you said, that the MSP community, the IT community is so supportive and that uh, you know being open to sharing knowledge right that's that's really awesome anything else that you wanted to add Mark anything that we haven't discussed
1: it's not a rehearsal Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stress that and I you know I I live by it Uh, I maybe I lived by it before uh, my little medical moment but um, I've certainly lived by it afterwards sometimes I need reminding you know I've got a couple of things up on, on my wall in front of me here and uh, I'm I'm a big believer in that kind of uh, memory jogger in my mm-hmm. in my Help Desk habits program. For goodness sake, I have desktop wallpapers. There's seventy of them in there to to remind people of, of you know change it up once a month. And you stare at something enough, and and you have you know, goals on your wall or whatever it may be, and 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 the occasional phrase. It's just that nice reminder, um, you know that I've got a, no moaning on my on my wall here. You know, my okay. occasionally we all moan a bit, don't we? You know, it's like
0: unfortunately, no, yes, you know.
1: <laughs> Let's let's get things into perspective. You know, there, there's always someone out there is having a way tougher time than you, and uh, so so yes, it's not a rehearsal. And I and I think if you are listening to this, and perhaps you're you've not been happy for a little while, uh, in from a business perspective or a personal perspective, then maybe have a think at, at trying to take some action. Newton's third law. That's the last thing I'm going to leave you with. I'm a big fan of Newton's third law. If you take action, you will get some form of reaction. And quite often, it's not the reaction you are going to expect, uh, but it will be some something uh, which will set you off on a new path. So, yeah, Newton's Third Law is my is my parting gift to you today, Radhika. And thanks so much for having me on.
0: Well, thank you so much, uh, Mark. This was such a wonderful conversation and really grateful that you uh, agreed to speak about uh, this topic. And uh, I'm it, it was really useful for me, so I'm sure it's useful for the other listeners as well. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.